0: Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody lift up your voice and shout. Shout if you got the victory. Shout if you need the victory. Just do it in faith. Hallelujah. Shout with the voice of triumph tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, it feels good in the house of the Lord you can get free on a wednesday night you can get liberated tonight you can get set free once and for all right now jesus name come on jesus is in this house somebody give the lord some praise He's in this house. Hallelujah. 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 I'm just crazy enough to believe that when Jesus shows up, anything is possible when his presence is here. And I want to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How about you? Amen. Praise God. It Amen. It's such an honor to be here in the house of the Lord here tonight. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Psalms, chapter 34. Psalms, chapter 34. We're going to be beginning in verse number 1. Praise God. Amen. I want to say this as you're turning there, uh, a big thank you to every individual Uh, that was involved in making our Harvest Festival a reality. Let's just give everybody a hand because, amen, everybody was involved in one way or another, and uh, it just went off without a hitch. There was all sorts of uh, tons of guests and visitors we were able to connect with and invite them to the house, Lord. Several good contacts and a lot of kids, they just got excited. And uh, I saw some parents getting excited as well. And uh, they even got me up on a roof And I had to pray to the Lord to get me down from there, but uh, we had a great time just uh, with our neighborhood and with our community, and uh, we just are thankful, amen, for the church and all those that were able to help, and and it just made the whole event happen, amen. So give yourselves a hand for that, in Jesus' name, (laughs) praise God. Looking forward to doing a lot more things like that for the community and also for our church, and it's just a great outreach, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalms chapter 34 and verse number one. I'm just going to preach what's been on my heart for the last little while, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to somebody here tonight. Psalms chapter 34 and verse number one. David writes, I will bless the Lord once in a while on Sundays. When I get a raise, when I'm healthy, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise might be in my mouth. It could be his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. And I believe that's what God's going to do here tonight, deliver somebody from all their fears. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Oh, magnify the Lord with me amen would you set down your bibles and lift up your hands oh come on let's magnify him here tonight hallelujah hallelujah i want to live a life of magnification hallelujah hallelujah i want that to be in my spirit I want to bless him at all times. I want his praise to continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. I want my mouth to boast in the Lord. I want my soul to lift up the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here tonight. Psalms chapter 34 was a psalm that David wrote at the time when he was changing his behavior. We find this in the book of 1 Samuel that David has fled and he ends up before the king Achish. Amen. He's, he ends up before the Philistines. He's now in the enemy's camp. He's now in the enemy territory. And if you think about what David is going through at this moment, we see that David probably has the right to complain. Just got to think about it for a moment. David has done nothing but slay giants and kill Philistines and do what was right in the sight of the Lord. He honored his father. He even honored his father-in-law. And yet, his father-in-law, Saul, King Saul, tried to pin him to the wall with a spear. Imagine for a moment. The feeling of betrayal that you've done nothing wrong. And yet people pin you to the wall and try to finish you off. Uh, He is now running for his life. He's left the castle. And murder attempt after murder attempt uh, has failed and been thwarted. And David knows uh, he can't travel with anybody else. He can't even take his wife with him. He's all by himself. He's running and he's all alone. We find David. He doesn't have anywhere to go. He's been running for a while and he's gotten hungry. He's tired. He's lonely. He's hungry. And we find him going before a priest and asking for just a little morsel of bread and the priest told him, I'm sorry, but we we can't give you any of the bread of this house because this bread is holy bread. It's not normal, it's it's meant to only be eaten in the presence of the Lord. This is the show bread. It's meant to be eaten by the priests and David. Last time I checked, you're a singer, not a priest. And David looks right back at him and says, I I, I haven't done anything wrong. I, I, I'm living right. And, and, and you know, I, I know that the bread that you make that's got to be eaten, amen, uh, in the presence of the Lord, it's got to be fresh bread. It's got to be that that good bread that you just got done baking. And, and that's what the priests eat. And uh, I know that you can't eat all the bread in the house. And now David says, oh, oh, priest, would you just give me a, a little bit of the leftover bread? Could you give me just a little bit of the stale bread? Uh, Imagine David who just a couple days prior was eating at the king's table. Had the biggest spread before him. Uh, He never had to think about being hungry. Uh, And now he's begging uh, for just a little morsel. Just some scraps. uh, Just a little bit of stale bread. He's got to beg for a little bread that's gone bad from a priest. And he even he's even in a, in a tight spot because he's a warrior of God, anointed of God. But he don't have his sling now, Brother Mark. He doesn't have a sword on his side. He didn't have time to get the gear on. He didn't have time to become uh, uh, fully enabled. And so he doesn't even have a weapon to fight back. And so, amen, he's got to ask the priest, is there any, anywhere that I can get a weapon? And they ends up finding that there is the weapon uh, 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 of Goliath, and he takes that sword with him. Now, amen, he doesn't even have his own sword. He's got the sword of an enemy, and he's he's got himself into a tight spot. And I can imagine David... David being hungry and David being lonely uh, and David thinking to himself, uh, this is not fair. It shouldn't be this way. Uh, And every time he thinks he gets a little bit of comfort, uh, amen, he hears Saul's soldiers coming a little closer, amen, and he's got to run and he starts thinking to himself, uh, amen, where can I find safety? Uh, Where can I find a place of rest for my soul? Amen, where can I run from Saul where he won't get me? And he thinks to himself, well, I know one place that Saul's too scared to go. Saul wouldn't even fight Goliath one-on-one, amen, so he certainly won't fight the Philistines. And so David decides, uh, amen, to cross over into enemy territory, uh, thinking it would be safer with an enemy than with his brother. And I'll preach to somebody for a moment. Amen. I've been in positions there where, amen, I feel as if, uh, amen, there's more safety, uh, amen, fighting devils uh, than there can be sometimes safety amongst brethren. There's times uh, where there's conflict and there's times uh, where there's trouble and there's times where there's offense and there's times where there's bitterness and that's where David is. And he could complain. And if that's not bad enough, you watch it, you mark it down. David gets captured. And they say, We found the one that they sang. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And they bring this man David before a Kish. And now he knows for a certainty what Saul couldn't kill. Akish is going to kill. And if they didn't finish me off in Israel, they're gonna they're gonna finish me off in the land of the Philistines. He's in a dire straits, he doesn't know what to do. And he's standing before the king, and no doubt David, Amen. As he's looking back on this in his memory, he could have wrote he could have wrote it down, Amen. I will complain when the timing is right. I will complain when I'm hungry. I will complain uh, when the people that I should have been able to rely on have turned their backs on me. Uh, I will complain at times uh, when I am running for my life. Uh, I will complain at times uh, when I am surrounded by enemies uh, and I'm in a place that I didn't deserve to be in in the first place. Uh, I will complain uh, when I am disarmed. Uh, I will complain uh, when I don't have the right gear to make it through. Uh, And yet David does not write down those words. When he looks back on that memory, amen, how God delivered him from the hand of Saul and from the hand of the enemy, David declares and pens these words, I will bless the Lord at all times somebody would do that here tonight for a few moments. Amen. I know you can write some things down in your life. You've got a reason to complain. You've got a right to complain. you probably got excuses to complain. But I wonder is there anybody in the house of the Lord that will declare with David and with this preacher, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Somebody clap your hands and shout a the Lord with a voice of triumph. It feels good on a Wednesday night. Somebody ought to bless the Lord. Well, preacher, you don't know what kind of time it is. It's been a bad time. Bless the Lord at all times. It's been a hard time. Bless the Lord at all times. Well, you don't know the diagnosis I've received. Bless the Lord at all times. Well, you don't know what the bank account says. Bless the Lord at all times. Let praise come out of your mouth. Let joy unspeakable and full of glory proceed from your mouth hallelujah Yes, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him here come on come on i will bless the lord at all times what david was writing was in spite of everything that is out of my control uh do i got any folks that like things to be in their control okay I, I'm that kind of person. I like to I like to have a handle on things. In spite of everything that is out of my hand and out of my control, he started to write down and he made a decision to exercise what was in his control. Let me just speak let me just speak to somebody for a moment. There are a lot of times in life where you're gonna be out of control. Life is out of control kids are out of control money's out of control the job's out of control the world's out of control politicians are out of control can i preach amen there's times even the church seems like it gets out of control amen and there's things that are outside of your control outside of my control but i've got a revelation for you tonight just because it's out of your hands and out of your control doesn't mean god ever lost control just because it's out of your control doesn't mean God's out of control. Amen. Just because it's out of your hands doesn't mean it's out of the hand of God. Oh, hallelujah. I knew I hit somebody right there. It's out of my control. And David said, then I will exercise what is in my control. Instead of focusing on all the things that are out of my control and the things that I can't take I can't overpower and take control over. I'm going to focus on the things that are, are within my control that are at my disposal. And David said, I'm going to enact my will. Amen. I want to tell you, life is crazy. Life is out of control, but it does not impede your will. Your will to decide, as Paul would write, I think myself happy. Hallelujah. Well, preach, I don't have a reason to be happy. Uh, You are standing above ground and you're not underground. I don't feel like it right now. It's a hard time. It's a bad time. Uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will exercise my will to give God praise. I will exercise my will to magnify the Lord. I will exercise my will to exalt him. I will exercise my will. I can't control the world, but I can control my will. I can control. I can't always control what I feel in the moment, but I can control what my response is to the moment. And I don't like what I feel right now, but my response will be constant. I will bless the Lord. I wish I'd get in somebody's spirit tonight. I will bless the Lord at all times, in the good, in the bad, when I'm up, when I'm down. I will bless the Lord. Oh, somebody ought to shout tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! I can't control what the boss does, but I can't control what comes out of my mouth. I can't control if they cut you off in traffic every day to work, but you can't control what comes out your mouth. You, you can't always control, amen, uh, the extra bill you got in the mail, but what you can control is the willpower. Oh, hallelujah. Too many people have abdicated their will and said, well, it's just not fair. It's just not right. And they've given them so it's over. Even to every excuse, the problem with excuses is they're always valid to you. I just can't do it because. It just ain't going to happen because. And there's excuses. And and and, and nobody's ever going to give you a bad excuse. Amen. Uh, unless it's the dog ate my homework. They're going to always give you the best excuse. Well, well, you just don't know the position and the vantage point from where I stand. Uh, life is really difficult. And life's really hard. How are you going to argue with somebody's feelings? They're not logical. You can't argue with them. Uh, amen. But what you can do is you can encourage your brother. You can encourage yourself in the Lord and say, what are you going to do? it. I know you had a hard week. I know maybe it's been a hard life, but what are you going to do with your hard life? What are you going to do with your hard week? What are you going to do with your hard month? What? I'll tell you what I'll do. Me and David are homies. We will bless the Lord at all times. Can I preach it into your soul? you got to make it up in your mind. It's an act of my will to bless God. Nobody force my hands up. Nobody force my hands up. And no perfect situation force my hands up. But even in the midst of pain, I'll bless the Lord at all times. Somebody ought to do that tonight. Give him praise. Give him praise. His praise shall continually, continually, continually. Hallelujah. I I know it might not seem like it to some folks, but I am not a novice when it comes to struggles uh, and hard times. Uh, Amen. But what I've done is uh, I've made my hard times a lot easier uh, by declaring before the hard times ever come uh, what my response will be when the hard times come. Uh, Amen. In the times uh, when I'm going through grief uh, and I'm going through loss uh, and I didn't get what God promised to me and things haven't worked out, uh, I've already predetermined what my response will be. Uh, The Lord is good uh, and I'll bless him. Instead of vacillating based on my emotions, I love God today. I don't like him tomorrow. I made it up in my mind, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it's a trial or it's triumph, I say i bless the Lord at all times. Somebody ought to do that. It's time you get a constant response. It's time you get a continual response that says, I'll bless the Lord at all times, and his praise is going to keep flowing out of my mouth. Curse me all you want. His praise will keep coming out. Grief can come. I'll keep blessing the Lord. Hard things will come. i keep blessing the Lord. Disappointment may come. I'll keep blessing the Lord. God's still good. God's still good. Oh, somebody ought to love him all across this house. I just came to preach to you on a Wednesday night. Amen. You got to predetermine your response. Don't wait. Amen. To react to the situation, respond to it with your will. I will bless the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I just come to help you tonight because there's so many people that their response vacillates. Amen. You know why their, their response vacillates? Because it's more exciting. People that bounce from one emotion to emotion. Uh, to another emotion amen it's 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 a pendulum it swings either way it swings amen and and some folks they like that because it's more of an exciting life they think it's a more passionate life uh, but i want to tell you what passion needs to passion needs to be redefined hallelujah our world would tell you passion uh, is a one-night stand with roses and flower petals everywhere but i want to tell you what passion really is uh, it's a constant response Oh, hallelujah. Our world will make movies uh, about people getting married, uh, and they'll make the whole movie about the wedding at the altar, and they'll say, well, how romantic and how passionate. But can I preach to you what's more romantic uh, and what's more passionate uh, when you have a constant response uh, on Monday? uh, You say, I do, and I will on Monday, as you do all the way when you got married. Uh, It's no different with Jesus. Uh, When you make it up in your mind, uh, my response will be this. Yes, I will. I want to tell you you're passionate. I want to tell you you might be constant. It may not be romanticized by the world, but you got passion, honey. You got passion for God. I love seeing the people. Amen. I love seeing people do great and mighty things for God one time. I think it's awesome. Amen. They live their life like Samson. They're always doing something extravagant and something great. Amen. But what I love more than the once in a while Christians, the people that do extraordinary things once in a while, I love seeing people who week in and week out are constant. I'll bless the Lord at all times. You want to know who's more passionate? I'll tell you who's more passionate. Not the person that goes to the gym one week out of the year. But the one that gets up every day and goes, that's a passionate person. Not the person that just does it once in a while, but the person that says, I do it week in and week out. And being a passionate Christian, is somebody who says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will keep on flowing. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Come on, somebody ought to lift up their voice. I got passion, and you'll see it today. I got passion, and you'll see it tomorrow. I got passion, and you'll see it next month, next year. You'll see it 10 years from now. I still got passion to bless the Lord. I want to tell you the incremental is just as passionate as the extravagant. The incremental is just as passionate as the once in a while. Too many people abdicate the incremental victories for the great victories. But those incremental battles where maybe you didn't have a good day, but you said, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to bless the Lord on my way home. You got passion, honey. You love Jesus. You got a passion for the Lord. Hallelujah. Our world's going crazy Amen. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of negativity out there. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of, amen, wild things happening. And there's a lot that just like David, we could all probably complain about all the bad things that have happened to our own lives personally or maybe family collective or maybe the bad things that have happened in the world. We could probably join in and be justified in it to to join in the noise of the negative and everybody become a negative negative Nancy and just begin to talk about all the trouble they've seen. Uh, amen. We could all do that and we would fit right in with the status quo and with the rest of a victimhood mentality generation. Uh, but I've made it up in my mind uh, just like David. Uh, I'm not going to jump into the noise of our world uh, and the negativity of our world. Uh, David put it this way, uh, my soul, uh, the very core of my being uh, shall make a boast uh, not of the negative not in the victimhood, uh, not in all the things that have gone wrong. Uh, he said, my soul shall make a boast uh, in the Lord. Can I preach to somebody? Uh, you know what's going to win your family? Not complaining on Facebook. Uh, i tell you what's going to win your family when you start making a boast of the Lord. It's time for Apostolic Revival Center to brag on Jesus, to brag on what God's doing, to brag on the gospel, to bring the good news back to the forefront in front of the bad news and make Jesus the center of it all in the conversation and make Jesus famous again. Come on. I know you got a right to complain, but will you bless the Lord at all times? Will you let your soul begin to boast in the Lord? Oh, somebody lift their hands for a moment. Come on. I'm almost done preaching, but I just come to minister to your soul. What is your soul making a boast of tonight? Amen. Well, you just don't know the trouble, Pastor. What's your soul making a boast of? Amen. Are you proud about all the trouble you've seen? Are you boastful about all the things you've been victimized in? Or is your soul going to make her boast in the Lord? Oh, somebody pray for just a moment. Come on. Come on. Come on, I got a testimony, not a complain money I got a testimony. God's good. God's good. I'll bless him at all times. His praise will come out of my mouth, and I'll brag on Jesus a while. Come on, hallelujah. Oh, I feel him in this house. I make my boast about the Lord. Got to be careful in this generation because people are boasting about the negative. In a victimhood uh, culture, whoever has the most victim points wins. Well, this is the kind of family I was. I'm not talking about telling your testimony. That's a big difference. You just don't know all the trouble. And they start stacking up their victimhood. Well, I'm this, that, and the other. And since that's not good enough, I'm going to change my gender. They make their boast in a whole lot of things. But church, we need to make our boast in the Lord. You ever been bragged on? Maybe that's the problem some folks never been bragged on. Amen. That they're doing a good job. Amen. I think we ought to we ought to bring that back. Amen. We ought to start bragging on our brothers and sisters. Amen. There's too many spirits out in the world trying to tear the church down, tear brothers and sisters apart, and bring discord and division. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It don't belong an apostolic revival center. You got a negative word, you take it somewhere else. You ought to brag on your brother and sister. Amen. They may not be the best, but you can brag where they're doing well. Because I'm going to brag and make my boast in the Lord, in the house of the Lord, and for the people of the Lord. That's good preaching right there. It's time to start bragging on your church. Brag. Come on, somebody. Don't brag on somebody else's church. Start bragging on your church. Start getting excited where you go. we got to make our boast in the Lord. Because... We've got to make Jesus famous again. I'm I'm not talking about he's already already famous, but I'm talking about it's time for our neighbors to know that Jesus is famous. It's time. I'm so tired of people thinking they know what Christianity is about because what they saw on the news. And what they heard from some, some terrible individual that does not represent Christianity well. Hey Amen. I want to tell you, uh, it's time for the apostolic church to go out and make Jesus famous. I just talked to a childhood friend of mine, and Amen. He told me he's, he's over in Florida, and he used to live in Washington. And he said he was going to get a job so he could be in the city and work for the city uh, that that his that his father in law pastors the church, and he goes before it. And there was uh, there was the, the the mayor, and the mayor was there, and they started talking. They found out they had a connection to Washington, and she found out he went to an Apostolic church, and she said I, I actually used to live in Spokane, Washington, and she said you know, uh, uh, do you know what Pentecostal you know at Pentecostal church called Cornerstone that used to be on Broadway? And he goes, yeah, actually, a lot of my friends go there. And she goes, if you're associated with that church, you're hired. What was that? People started making Jesus famous. And they started making the real Jesus famous. Come on, there's a lot of people that want to make Jesus infamous. But it's time to make our boast in the Lord and let them know who Jesus really is. Jesus will forgive you. Jesus will love you. Jesus will pick you up. Jesus will turn your life around. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise tonight. Come on, let your soul boast in the Lord. Let your soul boast in the Lord. Let it flow out of your mouth continually. God's good. God's doing great things. I'm excited about the Lord. I'm excited about what God's doing. Somebody give him praise. Let's stand across the building. Lift up our hands. Come on. Let it come from your soul. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. God's good. I bless him today. I bless him today. The world wants to curse him, uh, use Jesus as a cuss word, uh, but I bless the name of Jesus. I bless the name that's above every name. I bless the name that healed me. I bless the name that saved me. I bless the name that cast out devils. I bless the name that puts marriages back together. I bless the name that blesses me. Come on, somebody. Bless him from your soul. Make your boast from your soul. Let it come out your mouth. And then David finishes, amen, he's already made his declaration. This is what I will do. This is what I've decided. My soul is going to make a boast in the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. He can control his will, but he cannot control everybody else's. And then he pens these words. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He can enact his will, but you got to enact yours for there to be a collective magnification of the Lord thought about that. How does somebody magnify the Lord? Think about this for a moment. How do you magnify? What is magnification to make something appear bigger? doesn't make it bigger. It's already big, but it changes your perspective and your, amen, your view of what it is. It, it changes how we see something, amen. It makes the object bigger to us, does somebody magnify an infinite God you ever thought about that how do I magnify something that can't even be quantified you and I can't even count to a billion let alone to infinite and yet David say let's magnify and exalt the Lord together Magnification can happen in two ways. You can either change your perception and your focus on something. That's why you get out your telescope. And you you look through it with one eye and you focus completely On that moon when you're looking through the telescope or maybe you're looking at an organism through the microscope and that's magnification and you're looking at it and it's not gotten any bigger but now you can see details that you weren't able to see before because you decided that you're going to change your your, your perception and your perspective uh, and you're going to put your focus a little closer. If it gets a little blurry you're going to turn the knob so you can see it a little clearer. Can I preach to somebody? Life is full of complexity. Life gets busy and overwhelming. But it's in those moments where we have to decide together that we are going to focus on the Lord. We are going to focus, uh, amen, on Jesus uh, in order to magnify something. Uh, you've got to avoid paying attention to everything uh, in the peripheral. You've got to focus your attention uh, on one thing. Uh, and David put it this way, uh, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, uh, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life uh, to behold. What's David saying? I've got to focus. Amen. Brother Mark read it earlier. He said, one thing I do, I forget all those things that are behind me. What is that focus? David, he also put it this way, laying aside the sins and weights and pressing towards the mark. What is that? That's focus. That's magnification. We have a decision. We can focus on everything else magnify trials, magnify hurt, magnify bitterness, magnify all the offenses that we can hold on to in our pet peeves, uh, or we can change our perspective uh, and change our vantage point uh, and focus in. uh, Amen, God, I've gotten a little blurry and I've seen a lot of other things and I've let my mind get focused on everything else, uh, but tonight I'm going to change my focus uh, and I'm going to magnify the Lord with my brothers and sisters uh, and I'm going to focus on Jesus. Focusing on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And the other way to magnify an object. Get real deep on you. Get closer to it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Maybe you're going to need to change your focus tonight. Stop focusing on your brothers or sisters or what went wrong. All the negatives going on in your life. Maybe you need to change your perspective. Maybe you need to start focusing in a little more on the prize, which is Jesus Christ and nothing else. Or maybe you came into this house. Amen. And You, 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 got, your, you got your focus right. You're focusing on Jesus. But you still need to magnify the Lord with us. And in the times you need to magnify the Lord with us, you're going to have to get a little closer to Jesus. You're going to have to get a little closer to Jesus. And get a little closer to where he is. Amen. That means there's going to be times you're going to have to push away the plate uh, and say, I've got to magnify the Lord with the rest of the church. Uh, i got to magnify the Lord with the rest of my brothers and sisters. Uh, amen. There's times where you got to change your focus. Uh, and there's other times uh, where you're going to have to have a prayer meeting and say, God, uh, this is for no other reason than to just get a little closer to you. Uh, I just want a little closer walk with Jesus. <laughs> times you're going to have to pick up your Bible in the middle of the night instead of getting on your phone. You're going to have to read it. And you're going to have to say, Lord, this is not just so I can know, amen, more about the scriptures, but Lord, I want to know more about you. And David would put it this way, your word is my meditation all the day. David would put it this way, wherewithal or how shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking he thereto according to thy word. He would continue in verse 11 and say, amen, how how, how am I going to make it in this life? Amen, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There's something about taking a hold of the word of God uh, and begin to read it uh, and sometimes you read through some genealogies uh, and it may not make a whole lot of sense to you but I'll tell you what you're doing you're magnifying the Lord uh, and you're getting closer to him let's lift up our hands and let's pray maybe you need to refocus tonight or maybe you just need to get closer to Jesus not closer because you're too not not closer because you ran away or you walked away but closer because I I just want I just want to be closer I I, I don't want to get closer for any other reason I want to see Jesus a little clearer I want to get closer to him amen so that I can see him a little clearer I got my eyes on the crowds and I got my focus on other things but if I can get close to him amen if I can get closer to the mountain all I can see is the mountain pray all across this building. I'm done preaching. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Even the humble shall hear it and rejoice. Amen. I want to tell somebody, oh, magnify the Lord. Can I call to you tonight? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Maybe you need to focus yourself. Maybe you need to get your eyes off everything else and start making boasts in the Lord and focusing on Jesus. Or maybe you just need to get a little closer. I want to open up this altar here tonight. Could we magnify the Lord together as a group? effort. Church, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to exalt Jesus in Carson City. I want to make the real Jesus famous in Carson City. But it comes when we magnify the Lord. It comes when we refocus on the Lord. It comes when we get closer to the Lord. Come on, would you lift up your voice and pray? Come on, let's open up. I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to the front? Amen. Maybe you need to walk down the front as a symbol. Amen. I'm getting closer to Jesus. Maybe you need to bring your family to the front just as a symbol. We're getting closer to Jesus. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, you can you can do it. You can you can you can get better. You can go forward. You can be more in God. But it comes by getting your eyes on him again. Amen. Peter, maybe you've been sinking. Amen, because all you focus on is the wind and the waves. But tonight if you can focus on Jesus and magnify the Lord, he'll be bigger than those wind and waves. Come on. Come on, your best days are not behind you. Your best days are still in front of you. But it comes when you magnify the Lord. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Focus on
1: Jesus.
0: Me to Come on. Come on, I can see him. Come on. Come on, we're getting closer. Come on, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Let's somebody pray right now. Draw me closer. Draw me closer. Draw me closer, Jesus. I want to see you. I want to see you. Somebody lift up your voice and pray. Your
1: is Come on, the Father's your drawing us. Is the Father's forever. drawing us to get closer, to focus is on Him. Forever, forever.
0: Come on, as you're praying, let me talk to the person that maybe your focus on the Lord's gotten a little hazy or maybe the one that's kind of walked a little further away like the sheep that wanders off from the shepherd or maybe the prodigal son or the coin that's lost in the house the Bible says that while the prodigal son was heading back home getting closer he maybe couldn't see the father clearly the father was no it was not smaller because he was further away The father was no less rich when he was further away. The father was no less merciful when he was further away. He may not have seen the father very good. His focus may have been off. His distance was off. His perception was off. But the Bible says the father saw him. And I want you to realize what's happening. The father saw him. And said, I'm going to fix this. Uh, Amen. I'm going to let you get closer to me. I'm I'm going to let you focus on me. But I'm not going to let you do it by yourself. And the Bible says the father came running uh, right where his son was uh, and embraced him. Uh, There is a heavenly father that wants you to magnify him. There is a heavenly father that wants you to focus on him. And he'll help you do it. And finally, that prodigal son who had only seen slop from pig's pens. He saw the distinct father that he had. He started seeing things maybe he forgot. Things that had gotten hazy in his memory. Things that got blurry. He forgot, man, I forgot my dad was so kind. I forgot my dad was so merciful. You ever start feeling like Jesus doesn't love you, you you need to get a little closer. You need to get a little, you need to change your focus and start magnifying the Lord with me. Lift up your hands one more time. He loves you. His mercy endures forever. His kindness is what leads us to repentance, as the song is saying. Would you lift up your voice and pray one more time? Come on. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Amen. God is there. God is not waiting for you to get all the way to heal. He'll come and meet you halfway. Uh, Somebody lift up your voice and magnify the Lord with me. Uh, Refocus on the Lord with me. Uh, Get closer to the Lord with me. Uh, Don't do it by yourself. Uh, We're in this together. Come on, somebody enact your will. I will bless the Lord at all times. Somebody enact your will. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Somebody enact your will right now. My soul is going to make a boast in the Lord. And somebody enact your will to join with us collectively as we magnify the Lord together. Father, we love you. We thank you tonight. And God, all of us, all of us get a little rattled in life. You know it. All of us get a little hazy and a little foggy. All of us slide a little, little bit and get further away. And all of us see you a little blurry. But, Lord, I pray, God, that after tonight you would help us to refocus and to draw closer together as we magnify the Lord together. God, I pray for this church you would bind us together. Bind us as a group of people that have one common goal and one common desire. We want to see Jesus, and we want to see him face to face. God, I pray that you'd continue to bless us, bring us back to this house, amen, safely for this Sunday service. Amen. God, help us to go out of this house and magnify you amongst our coworkers and amongst our family, and to magnify the real Jesus and to make Jesus famous to this lost and dying world. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. If you want to keep praying, you're welcome to keep praying, amen. But uh, if not, we're we're getting ready uh, to have a, a little fundraiser for the ladies, amen. Some ladies uh, to go to to go over to ladies conference. Uh, we're gonna be, They're going to be selling uh, chili and cornbread for $5 and coffee and hot chocolate and desserts uh, for $1. Uh, again, if you want to donate more, this is more of just to, to help bless the ladies, to send them off uh, that direction and help those that need a little bit of extra help. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We love each and every one of you. Amen.